Well, this morning I'd like to talk with you a little bit. I thought it was going to be a little short, simple lesson, but as I studied it, uh, there's a lot more there than I realized. Uh, so I'd like to title our lesson, uh, The Shepherds, or maybe a subtitle, uh, The Shepherds from Shepherd of Sheep to Shepherds of Men. So how much, how much do we know about the shepherds? Uh, again, I hadn't really studied it. One thing I think most of us will, uh, will remember, well, okay, well, the shepherds were out in the field, and this is when Jesus was born. They were out in the field with the sheep, so uh, December 25th is not the birthday of, of Christ. So we know that about the shepherd. but what else do you know about the shepherds? What else is there that the Lord can, uh, can teach us? And uh, as I was thinking about this to... Uh, I guess to, to Chuck and Bill as, as teachers in the body, sometimes we look at, you know, what, what do we teach on, you know, and, and there's nothing new, nothing new. We find the same things in different places, but, there, but there's nothing new. So from the simplest of places, there certainly is, is great blessings. So let me read, start in, in the book of Luke, and... Uh, uh, chapter 2, and if you have a page marker, you may mark it there. We'll be going back and forth uh, a little bit. But what we'll see here is, is the shepherds, yes, in the field with their sheep, with their flocks. And uh, then all of a sudden, uh, an angel appears to them, singular, an angel, or says the angel, an angel, depends on what version you look at, appears for them, to them. And uh, tells them certain things and tells them a sign how to recognize uh, Jesus Christ. And then we see them uh, going to see Christ and we see them telling others uh, about the Christ. So many things uh, in this. <clears throat> and let's start Luke chapter 2 and let's start in verse 8. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, an angel, or the angel, an angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were very much afraid, or very sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angels a multitude of heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill towards men. And it came to pass, as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, Let us now go even to Bethlehem, and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. And they came with haste, and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in the manger. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad 
saying, uh, the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all that they had heard, it wondered. And those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things which they had heard and seen as it was told unto them. So there's a, there's a lot here. Uh, so the shepherds, they heard, they saw, they were told, and then they told others. So there, there's a lot here. So, uh, and, and so let's kind of go through it, uh, break it down a little bit. Uh, verse 8, uh, And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock uh, by night. So the shepherds were watching over literal sheep. And again, so they were in the pasture uh, in the field. And again, this is uh, the, the time of the birth of Jesus. So uh, it wasn't December the 25th when they were in the field with their, with their sheep. Uh, and then verse 9, and lo, an angel, or the angel, whichever your Bible may say, and lo, an angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid, or very much afraid. So there's a lot here, an angel of the Lord, and I, I wanted to note it's singular. And that'll be important to us a little later. It's singular, just an angel or the angel, whichever way you want to, uh, to say it. Uh, an angel, if we look at the definition, it's a, it's a messenger. It can be what I call an angelic angel or an earthly angel or messenger because it means messenger. Messenger to bring tidings. That's what angel means in this particular place. Something else uh, I, I want to bring up before I do forget, in case I forget. This angel was sent to these shepherds. These shepherds were not out looking for an angel. They were not looking for a messenger. These were shepherds out in the field taking care and watching over the flock. So it's obvious these shepherds were elected and chosen by God to receive his message and to tell others. So we see election there uh, very, very easily. Election, predestination, mercy, grace, it, it's all there, isn't it? So it's angel uh, of the Lord. And again, it's singular. And it says, uh, And lo, an angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory... Of the Lord shone round about. Glory. So there was, there was a, a light here. There was glory. And it says, and, and this glory is uh, in the uh, Greek, uh, doxa, or something like that. And it means dignity, glory, honor. So don't know exactly how this took place, but this messenger from heaven came. And when it came, there was glory shown round about them. The glory of God. 
honor. If we hear many today, God's uh, kind of a, he's not an all-powerful, he's kind of a failure. He wants these things, but, you know, things are out of control down here. It's just man have free will, and they go and do as they please. Uh, and he wants it to be this way, yet it's not this way. He's disappointed. That's not the glory of God. And that's not what's shown round about them. So the glory of the Lord shown round about them. And this, even this word shown, or shine as I would probably call it, means illuminate all around. So now we have uh, Jan, this, the, the shepherds here, don't know how many. And a messenger from heaven, an angel, came. And at the same time, the glory of God shone round about them. Don't know exactly what that looked like, exactly what it was. But it tells us the glory and honor of God was manifest there by this, by this light. Now, something else. Verse 9 says, and they were sore afraid. They were very afraid. They were frightened, alarmed is what this word means. The first sight of the glory of God frightened them. You say, well, you know, why would that be? But that light... That glory that shone round about them, it frightened them. They were terrified. And let's give, and again, hold your place here if you have a, uh, a page marker. But I'm going back to Exodus chapter 34. We can kind of see something uh, a, a little uh, similar, I guess. Exodus chapter 34. And... Uh, Let's go verse 29. This is where Moses was up on uh, Mount Sinai. This is where the law of Moses was given. All 600 and some uh, laws, commandments, and, and ordinances. So this was a message from God. Uh, so verse 29 of chapter uh, 34. And it came to pass when Moses came down from Mount Sinai with the two tables of testimonies of, uh, in Moses' hand, when he came down from Mount, that Moses knew not that the skin of his face shone while he talked with him. And when Aaron and all the children of Israel saw Moses, behold, the skin of his face shone, and they were afraid, same as the shepherds were. And they were afraid to come near to him. And Moses called unto them, and Aaron and all the rulers of the congregation returned unto him, and Moses talked with them. And afterward all the children of Israel came near and gave uh, them the commandments, all that the Lord had spoken with him in Mount Sinai. Until Moses had finished speaking uh, with them, he put a veil on his face. He covered that which was shining. He covered it. Covered this. Uh, we're going to look at it as illumination of some type. 
but he covered it while he's talking with them. Verse 34, but when Moses went in before the Lord to speak unto him, he took the veil off until he came out. And he came out and spoke until the children of Israel that which he was commanded. And the children of Israel saw the face of Moses, that the skin of uh, Moses' face shone. And Moses put the veil upon his face again until he went uh, to speak uh, with him. So Moses, here when he came down, his face did, did shine. And, and they were afraid. They, they, they couldn't really receive it. So this veil, well, let's go to uh, uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 3. We'll see more about this uh, veil that he put on his face and where they couldn't see. And there's some very interesting things. Second uh, Corinthians chapter 3, beginning in verse 12. Seeing then that we have such hope, we use great plainness of speech, and not as Moses, who put a veil over his face, that the children of Israel could not steadfastly look to the end of that which is abolished. So there's, there's a lot here. Uh, he put the veil up. They couldn't steadfastly look to the end of that which was abolished. Something was abolished. And they couldn't look to the end of it. And Dolores, I forgot, I brought a dartboard. It's out there in the back of the, the truck. But I brought a dartboard. This word end, they could not see the end. This word end uh, doesn't mean, well, let me tell you what it does mean. Point aimed at. Point aimed at. That's what this word end means. So if we can picture a dartboard and got all these circles, numbers, things right, and right in the middle, we call the bullseye, is the point aimed at. That's what we would call this end. They couldn't see, said, uh, they could not steadfastly look to the end of that which was abolished. What was abolished? Well, the law of Moses, the letter of the law of Moses was abolished before it was ever given. But they couldn't look to the end of that which was abolished. End, point aimed at. And all these laws and prophets, what was the point aimed at? We know, I think we studied last week or the week before, the two on the road to Emmaus, two disciples on the road to Emmaus, and, and the Lord appeared to them and everything. And beginning at Moses and the law and the prophets, he explained to them all the things in the scriptures pertain to him. So all the things in the scriptures and the law, the point aimed at is Jesus Christ. Uh, if we look at uh, uh, Adam, the Lord's wife for Adam took out of the rib, out of the side, bloodshed, pointing to Jesus Christ and where the bride of Christ will come from. We look at uh, uh, Adam and Eve when they fell in the garden. And God made coats of skins for them. There was bloodshed to make those coats of skins. Point aimed at? That's pointing to Jesus Christ. 
We look at the uh, uh, Isaac being offered uh, by Abraham, and Isaac was taken off, and a ram was put in his stead as a substitution. Point aimed at Jesus Christ is a substitution for us who deserves lake of fire. So all through the scriptures and, and, and in the law, um, the Sabbath, don't defile the Sabbath. What's the point aimed at? Sabbath is rest. Jesus Christ is our rest. That's the point aimed at. In the law, and Bill, I've used it so many times, uh, you can't wear mixed garments. It has to be, the material was to be 100% this or 100% that. You couldn't blend garments. And, and for years, I didn't know what it meant. I knew what it didn't mean. But I didn't know what it meant. Now all of a sudden, one day it's so clear. Garment is a covering. You're not to mix, mix your covering. Jesus Christ is our covering. Plus nothing else. Don't mix it with Jesus Christ and your works. Or Jesus Christ and some man or something like that. Don't, don't blend it. Garments aren't to be blended. So, uh, as, as Moses put a veil over his face, that the children of Israel could not steadfastly look to the end of that which was abolished. For their minds were blinded. For until this day remaineth the same veil untaken away in the reading of the Old Testament, which veil is done away in Christ. So today you look at the Old Testament and they look at the letter of the law, touch not, taste not, handle not. You couldn't eat bacon. You couldn't eat catfish. Uh, I'm not saying these things are healthy or whatever, but under the law, you couldn't do these things. But the veil was up. But what's the point aimed at in all this? Jesus Christ and Him crucified. So the veil done away in, in Christ. Verse uh, 15, But even to this day, when Moses is read, the veil is upon their heart. Can't see it. 16. Nevertheless, when it shall turn to the Lord, what, when what shall turn to the Lord? Their heart. When the heart turns to the Lord, and, and that only be by God's election, God's grace. Nevertheless, when, it, when the heart, when it shall turn to the Lord, the veil shall be taken away. Whenever we see in the law and the prophets, that it's all pointing to Jesus Christ, then the veil's taken away. Uh, let me, uh, when I'm in here, usually I always go to verse 6 as well in this thing in the third chapter. Who also has made us able ministers of the New Testament, not of the letter, not the letter of the law, we're not ministers of that. But of the Spirit. For the letter killeth, but the Spirit giveth life. What is the Spirit of the law anyway? Well, look at verse uh, 17. Now the Lord is that Spirit. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. So then, so when Moses talked to the children of Israel, they were terrified, didn't have liberty. And even today, when those look at Moses and the prophets, they don't have liberty because they're not looking to the end or Jesus Christ, which all that was pointing to. So uh, this light shone round about them, these shepherds that were in the field, 
and they were very afraid. They didn't see yet. Now, we're going to see later, they weren't afraid. They were then. When, they first, when the glory was first there, uh, uh, they were afraid. But that fear left. So back in our text, uh, Luke 2 and, and uh, verse, well, go to verse 9 again. Uh, and lo, an angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were very much afraid. So they were, this shone, this glory of the Lord shone, and they were very afraid. Whenever I first had thoughts of God, His glory, all-powerful, almighty, I was afraid. I was terrified. Like I said before, Debbie, I didn't even want to drive by the, the church building out of Arabia. I didn't even want to think about it. I was afraid. But why? Well, I didn't have any knowledge, but I only thought of the letter. And I was very afraid. These were very afraid, terrified. Uh, now, verse 10. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. So they were afraid. And what's the, first thing the, what's the first thing we have recorded that the messenger said to them? Fear not. Fear not. This was an angel from God, a messenger of God, told these who were terrified, fear not. That was a message from God. Fear not. I bring you good tidings. Fear not. Can we can we believe these messengers? I uh, think of these crazy examples because I can't think of good ones. But uh, at the movies now, a lot of times they got this M and M commercial, and they're all strapped there. And, and there's a, they're strapped to this bomb or missile or something. And what do I, which wire do I cut? You know. So if you're, if there's a bomb here, and uh, we're trying to dismantle, and there's a, a red and a green and a yellow, and uh, I'll say, fear not, Chuck, cut the green one. And somebody might say, well, wait a minute, why cut the green one? Well, in the red light. Green means go, and red means stop, and yellow, that's, yeah. Uh, you mean that's what you're basing this on? You wouldn't have much comfort in me telling you which wire to cut. But how about this messenger from God? This messenger sent from God, can we believe what he had to say? And what he said was, I bring you good tidings. Good tidings, I bring you good news. Can we trust? Can we believe? And they did. And of course we should. 
Can we trust? Can we believe? These good tidings, good tidings is good news. Now, you, you couldn't believe me when I'd tell you which wire to cut. But here, we bring you good tidings of great joy. Boy, that's, that's good news, isn't it? We bring you good tidings of great joy. This is from a reliable source. Does the world, as we look at the message that God has given us in the Holy Scriptures, does the world see great joy? As they look at the letter of the law and themselves, they don't see great joy. I've told you before, the lady that I talked to and, and Betty used to be one of your neighbors. Betty and Mort used to be one of your neighbors. And she said, well, used to, I didn't doubt my salvation, but now I do. I said, there's only one reason you doubt the salvation. You're looking at the Lord, or you're not looking at the Lord, you're looking at yourself. If we're looking at the Lord, there's no reason to doubt our salvation. He paid it. We'll talk about that a little later, Lord willing. So the world, when talk of Jesus Christ that's come, doesn't bring great joy. They're still are not looking and trusting in Him. They're looking and trusting in themselves or something else. So it doesn't bring them great joy. But then in that verse 10, it says, And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you Good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. And I didn't want to let that go. Is, well, we know it's not great joy to all people. We, we know that. What, what does it mean, though? I mean, it says, and I know what it says, but what, what does it mean? says, uh, uh, good tidings of great joy which shall be to all people. So individuals will teach, well, that means everybody without exception. It's up to them to make the decision. It's up to them to do this. It's up to them to do that. Well, they've taken away the great joy. What does that mean, though? Let's go back to Isaiah. Hold your place here again. Isaiah chapter 49. And we'll see here really... Uh, uh, Talking of Jesus Christ, the servant of God. Isaiah 49, and to keep it short, let's just go to verse 5. And now saith the Lord who formed me from the womb to be his servant, to bring Jacob again to him. Now, Jacob is talking about Israel. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and he changed Jacob's name to Israel. So he's talking about the nation of Israel. He said, Now saith the Lord, who formed me in the womb, to be his servant, to bring Jacob again to him. Though Israel be not gathered, in other words, hasn't happened yet, yet shall I be glorious 
in the eyes of the Lord, and my God shall be my strength. And he said, Is it a light thing that thou shouldest be my servant to raise up the tribes of Jacob? And to restore the preserve of Israel? He says, that, Is that a light thing? And then he goes on. I will also give thee for a light to the nations or Gentiles that thou mayest be my salvation to the end of the earth. So it's saying here, not to Israel only, but also to the Gentiles. Does not mean every human being that will ever be on the face of the earth. But to the Jews and the Gentiles, to all people is what it's talking about. And actually, while we're this close, look, look at Isaiah 42 and uh, 6. I, the Lord, have called thee in righteousness and will hold thine hand and will keep thee and give thee for a covenant of the people for a light of the Gentiles, the nations. We know Israel will be brought back to him, and I believe this will take place as he raptures out his bride and as we go into the tribulation period. So Israel will go back to him, but also of the Gentiles. So when it says in our text, again, and the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. You know, before, for generations and generations, it was the God of Israel, wasn't it? The God of Israel, the God of Israel. This was a big change to them. And now, the Gentiles. So this is the all people that it's, that it's speaking of. Uh, and then verse uh, 11. So again, this is this angel, singular, still uh, speaking unto the shepherds and to you and I. So verse 11. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. You know, we could easy, easily read over this. But the word Savior here means deliverer, that is, God or Christ. And it's clearly, see, it's speaking about Christ because that's what it says, Christ the Lord. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the the Lord. I want to make this very clear. Who is this angel speaking of? I realize it tells us, but I want to make a, I want to make a point of it. Who is this angel speaking of when he says uh, uh, this Savior? Savior. Our salvation. Who is he speaking of? Again, I want to make it very clear. He wasn't speaking of me. I'm not your Savior. I'm not my Savior. Was he speaking about you? Well, uh, you're... Here, look in the mirror. You're, you're your Savior. 
again, I know this is a, a, a simple point, but I want to make it clear. Savior only applies to Jesus Christ, or, or God, of course, plan of salvation. But he makes it very clear here. He's not speaking about some other man. He's not even speaking about themselves. He didn't say, this angel didn't say, okay, now you shepherds, and we're going to see where they're going to go, and they're going to tell other people. I heard one man said, he's visiting my brother in the hospital, and, and uh, knew my, my brother's time was about up. And I thanked him for coming. He said, well, I've got to leave. I've got somebody. I've almost got him saved. And he kept a book how many people had saved. Very sad. Uh, in fact, I said, well, we need to be careful how we use the word saved. He didn't take it very well. And he said, well, my, my Lord used the word saved. And if it's good enough for him, it's good enough for me. Uh, so I didn't, didn't pursue it at that point. But this angel, this messenger from God said to these uh, uh, shepherds, he didn't say, you are the Savior. Go out and save people. Now, they were going to go out and preach and teach. We'll see that later. But he didn't say You're the, there's one Savior. And, and like the garments in the law of Moses, you can't wear mixed garments. You can't wear, I don't know what this is. But, uh, oh, it's 100% something. So, I'm okay. <laughs> but, with Jesus Christ, he says, For you is born this day in the city of David a Savior. A Savior who's Christ the Lord. Don't mix that. Don't, the shepherds was not part of this Savior. You're not part of your Savior. I'm not part of my Savior or making saving anybody else. See, that would be mixing it. So it's, it's a very easy thing to read over. But he says to you, it is a Savior. Don't just, just rejoice in that. Just rejoice in these glad tidings. That for unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior. Isn't that good news? We have a Savior. Doesn't, he does not need my help. Boy, if he needs my help, he's in bad shape. If God needs, and well, I'm going to quote somebody else, Betty, that you and I, I think, talked about, haven't seen him for many years. But he said, uh, he was preaching on television. He said, God needs you. He said, in fact, take your finger and point yourself, say, God needs me. If God needs me, he is in bad shape. If Jesus Christ needs me, He's in bad shape. And he's not in bad shape. He doesn't need me. I'm not part of my salvation. I'm not part of anybody else's salvation. It's him. Now, does the Lord, will the Lord use me and you to uh, be a messenger or a shepherd? Yes. But we're not the Savior. And he, as you study this, and maybe we're not going to get it finished today, but as you study this, He's only pointing to Jesus Christ, the Savior. And we see he's working with these shepherds. And these shepherds are telling other people. But nowhere did he hint or indicate that they were part of this Savior. Beloved, don't add anything to it. 
Don't add anything to it that you must do, should do, could do, or don't do. He's the Savior. And that's, that's good tidings. Uh, I see we're out of time. That might be a good place to stop. Lord willing, we'll take up us again, uh, maybe tonight or maybe next Sunday morning. But as we look at this, so these uh, shepherds were in the, in the field. A single angel came to them, messenger, and bringing them uh, uh, glad tidings of joy. And he said, there's a Savior, singular. It's a message to them, and that's a message that they told others, and it's a message to us. There's one Savior. Don't, don't mix that. Don't blend that. Be grateful for that. May the Lord bless the speaking of his word. We're dismissed.